0: welcome to the money buddy podcast if you want to reach your full potential in life and finances your search is over filling your head with knowledge and your pockets with money this is the money buddy podcast now introducing your host buddy miller hey everybody so today i am here with a very good friend of mine that i've known probably since i was about. Nine, ten, eleven years old. Uh, his name's Joey Schmunk, and he's been on a little bit of a, a debt journey here, where uh, him and his wife graduated from school, and they've just been grinding hard to pay off pay off some debt. So he's going to tell us a little bit about himself today. How you doing, Joe? Great. Hey,
1: Brandon. Uh, or, hey, buddy. Thanks for having <laughs> me on. I appreciate it. Uh, getting the opportunity to talk about this with you.
0: Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Uh, first of all, I'm super, and we'll get into it with everyone here, but I'm super impressed by um, everything that you've done and where you've gotten in such a short amount of time. I think it's super inspirational. I know it is for me, especially, um, and, you know, just talking about this stuff with people to have someone in my life that I can bring on and show and, and show people that like, dude, this is possible. Like you can totally do it.
1: 100%. It's something that um, not only getting to talk with somebody about the journey that we're on, but having somebody that's around the same age especially helps. Come, not coming from the generation above or below us, it's something that's completely relatable and shows that it's completely possible.
0: Yeah, absolutely, dude. I think a lot of people, they look at a mountain of debt and they just, you know, they think to themselves, there's no way I can pay this off. And if I do, it's not gonna be in an accelerated rate because, you know, those payments are already so big on their own. Um, but you, you took it to another level and you paid off a crazy amount of money in a short amount of time. Do you want to tell us how much that was and kind of the time frame there?
1: Sure. So we are actually still in our debt journey, if that's what you would like to call it. Uh, mm-hmm. Me and my wife started our journey back in December of 2017. And that is realistically after both myself and her got full time employment. We were only making probably 30 grand that year. So it was unrealistic to be on one small income to start paying off this debt. Uh, once we did, however, get full-time employment, um, paid off as of today, because we did something not too long ago, that would have been, one second, we've, as of today, we've paid off over 110000
0: Dude, that is so wild. 100, 110000 in, would you say, le- uh, less than four years?
1: Oh, yeah. No, this is only, we're about two years and four months in
0: two years and four months so that is so yes. wild.
1: yeah and when we originally started our debt plan um we initially were doing a four-year plan to be completely done by november of 22 um just the way everything landed however with uh the coronavirus and the more the moratorium on rent or not rent on the moratorium on interest um that's actually saved us quite a bit of time and money to be honest
0: Oh, yeah, I bet. So, yeah, you didn't have to make those interest payments, so it was just dumping more into principal, huh?
1: Correct. Um, we've probably saved about 18000 in interest when it's probably all said and done, so long as it continues through September.
0: Wow. So, a lot of people, they took this, you know, interest is down, so I'm just... Or, or were, were payments altogether, you didn't have to make payments, or was just interest-free payments?
1: No. You do. no um, when... That started, I believe it started in November of 20 that you did not have to make any more student loan payments. Mm -hmm. Um, That continued. You did not have to make anything. They put all of your accounts on hold, essentially. The federal government wasn't docking you for not paying. Um, I don't know what that goes for, those special programs. Mm -hmm. But to my knowledge, it's, it's on hold and it's continued to be on hold until September. I believe payments kick in again October 1st.
0: Wow. Yeah, so like when the average person saw that, you know, I'm sure they were like, "Hey, wow, this is just a reason why I don't have to pay my loans. I'm just gonna spend my money somewhere else." You know, and they weren't putting that money aside. And you said, "Oh, this is just a great opportunity to get ahead of my November 22 um, goal and and get way in front of it." So, um, so at this point, if if you're on, if you keep at the pace you're at, when will you have all of your debt paid off?
1: If everything goes according to plan, like we hope so, with zero government help, which we have both assumed there will be none, no. we—the fact that Democrats have talked about fifty thousand or ten thousand each—it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. My gut feeling—it's—they're not going to do something like this in such a radical amount of time. Um, with that being said, if everything stays the course that there is no assistance, we'll be done next May.
0: Wow that's that's amazing Sorry. dude and it's like and then then your yeah. life your life begins again Or <laughs> well, you don't have that you know strapped <laughs> to your back but
1: yeah absolutely it'll be uh relieving to say the least
0: so what what were like the best resources that helped you along the way or inspirations for for paying off um, of your debt?
1: If, I, if i'm being completely honest there were two mm-hmm. um one seeing out how Powell friends and family that i grew up around are in their financial situations, mm. and seeing how they might not talk about it, but you can tell that they're car poor mm. or house poor. That really kind of pushed me to the point to saying, I do not want to be in that situation, so I'm going to make sure I do not follow in those footsteps. Um, the second big thing was, honestly, I started just looking at financial stuff online. I found a Ramsey. And I kind of stuck with it, and it just made sense, and we ran with it.
0: Yeah, well, that's really cool, and I and I can relate to that because I also similar thing um, found the Dave Ramsey mm-hmm. thing, and I you know never thought that way before. I always, you know, I was kind of taught growing up, um, and not necessarily taught, but just from seeing things, debt is like a tool to make more money, um, and then you know, yeah, yeah Dave comes along, um, and I, I hear him by accident one day. And He's talking about something different like about how if all your debt is gone and you control your money like Imagine all the amazing things you can do with it And there's never that stress or those fights and you know, we know the stat like divorces. It's 50% of people, right? Um, and the number it's, one
1: the number one of the cause of divorce is money fights and money problems,
0: right? It's been proven so many times that it just
1: that is what people argue about and it leads to just a
0: Terrible situation overall. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just not having that stress in your life is huge. Um, so, I mean, everyone who's listening, like, here's an example of someone who, and Joe, how old are you? Six. 26. So Joe's 26 years old and he's paid off 110000 and he's got a goal to pay a lot more here and he's going to be completely out of debt before he's probably 28 years old. And he's gonna have his, his whole life debt free where he can make all of the choices that he wants with his money. And it, you know, if he wants to invest at that point, I mean, just imagine, Joe, with me, and I'm sure you have, the money that you've put every month towards your debt, if all of a sudden you can invest that. And I'm sure once you're out of debt, you have some things that you guys wanna do. Um, but, yes. go ahead.
1: Just, uh, yeah, so when, when we think of our lives after being out of debt, when we realize the income that we are spending on ourselves in comparison to what's going to the debt, it will be something completely life changing. (laughs) Um, And I I don't know how many people can relate to this, but uh, um, I am a, not a young homeowner. I don't have a house yet because of various reasons with paying off debt. The market is insane. I don't know where it is for you or whoever's listening. Mm -hmm. Um, But when people are complaining about, Oh my God, I can't afford this mortgage payment. It's, $1,200 Twelve hundred dollars a month. I literally laugh <laughs> at that because that to me, in comparison to student loans, is it's not even in the same ballpark. Yeah. So just knowing that we would be able to go into a house and realistically not have to worry like we've done in the past is something that's extraordinary.
0: Yeah. No, and I I understand if it. he's like. It's difficult to pay that money towards loans because it's not something that you can like touch and feel, or show off yep. like a house or cars or consumer yep. items. Um, but the fact that you did it is huge, and I think it's a huge inspiration for people um, that have a have a pile of student loan debt and they, you know, they've just accepted that they're going to be paying on it for the next fifteen to twenty years.
1: Please, if you are listening, to not fall into that, um, you can do it. It's just going to take determination and willpower to do it. It's, and to say, I've, I don't, I don't live a bad life. I have things that I want. It's just, I'm very, very diligent every month to making sure that these things that my, my end goal is taken care of. So don't think that I'm like when Dave, and I'll use a Dave Ramsey example, when he says you get on rice and beans, beans and rice, you don't go out to eat. You do not do anything fun and you get eight jobs and grind it out. That's true to an extent. Um, i you can still go out once. you can still have a nice meal. yeah, but it can't be an everyday thing.
0: Yeah. Just a little more planned and conscious. And, you know, I know I've gone to, I've gone to Deadwood a couple times with Joe since he's been on this journey and, you know, we, you know, we still have fun with the guys and we hang out and go to the casinos. And it's just, it's more of a responsible spending and not so much just, you know, by the seat of your pants.
1: hundred percent. And it's a, oh yeah, we're going to go on this trip in September for a bachelor party or whatever. You just have to budget that out months in advance so when you do go, you know, nope, I've done everything. I've stayed on budget. I'm still on my course to finishing off this debt. You can have fun.
0: Right. So, Did you guys, do you guys have like a, like a monthly budget that you do or what's kind of your strategy for saving money?
1: Um, our monthly budget is pretty intense. We set up every dollar and go through every single transaction every single month. Um, there are a couple different programs that you got you can get on your smartphone and you just download it. It links to your bank account and it does it automatically. Makes your life a lot easier. Um, but the big things that we look at are housing, transportation, utilities, and life necessities. So I throw in like your phone, your internet, those things. Yeah. Those are the things that I budget first every single month. Um, after that, then you do your food, your gas. Um, and then miscellaneous items, cause you're going to have stuff that comes up every month. You just need to make sure you're conscious of putting something to the side. Like, Oh crap. Um, it's somebody's birthday. Oh, we forgot to get them a card or a gift. Well, no, we budgeted that for mm-hmm. that reason. And if you don't use it, then you can put it towards something else the next month or put it towards the debt.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And, and the people that I've talked to that, you know, have struggled with money, they're so afraid to put the budget together you know, like it's like, it's going to limit them or make their life depressing. But I mean, man, I doing our budget. I think it's so freeing because you just know going into every situation, like how much can I spend? You know, how can I do this responsibly? And to know that you're going to have money left over at the end of the month to attack those debts or to put into savings or invest. It's just, it's such a good feeling. Um, and, and you'll be entering in this now, I'm sure, um, getting more into your investing, uh, when you're done mm-hmm. with your debt, but to watch that investment money, just Keep going up every single month, you know, slowly but methodically, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Wow, I, you know, I have X amount of money in my account," and you do a little calculator, and you're like, "Geez, I'm on track to be a millionaire by the time I'm 35." You know, it's it's just crazy how that just compounds, man. I'm I'm super excited for you. So, what's the first thing you're gonna do when you're out of debt?
1: (laughs) Uh, Go on a real vacation. Nice. So when we first got married in uh, 2016, we went on our honeymoon and that was paid for by all of the gifts and everything from the wedding and that we didn't have to pay a dime. And it was the most relaxing, enjoyable trip I've ever been on when I did not have to think about anything. Yeah. Or when I'm like, we went to this five-star restaurant in LA, we went to all the national parks in California and Arizona and you wanted something, go get it. Because it was already taken care of. Yeah. It was the most stress free I've ever been, and I'm looking forward to it once we get to that point again. Um. But one one thing I did want to mention that you uh, just talked about with the investments. Mm-hmm. Um. I am in a certain situation that um. I if I was following my plan to true truly to a T. I mm-hmm. wouldn't have been investing over the last two years. Um. However, my job requires it for my retirement, so I'm still okay. putting the minimum amount away. So I am seeing a little bit of investment, but if you're in a situation that you do not have to contribute to get out of your debt and it's a six-month thing, if you really tighten down and get it done, you're not going to out... You will not outpace the gain that you would make Mm -hmm. in six months than just by throwing money in once you're finished. Yeah. So don't try to out-earn your... don't, Don't try to be more, sm- don't try to be smarter than your money actually is. Hmm. Cause you're not going to beat the market in six months.
0: Yeah, no, that's really good input. And you know, just like the, the peace of mind of getting that debt out of there too, is just huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I, I'm one like you brought up Dave Ramsey. I, I really love what he teaches. <clears throat> I don't follow it to an absolute T, but you know, if you have just that knowledge alone of getting out of debt it's, it's huge. Um, you know i'm 100%. I, are you getting like a like a company match too?
1: 100 yep. Uh, my retirement match is 6%. So and that's mm-hmm. i'm required to do 6 so i do the 6 that's my minimum and that's <laughs> getting put away for me. So that that's been very wonderful. I love seeing it. Um it'll be nice though once we're done with our debt to be okay, now i'm contributing 15% yeah. of my income every year. And then you can really start to see gains. And compounding interest and all the benefits
0: of that absolutely what are right now, monthly, what are you putting towards debt? If you know roughly
1: no four thousand a month
0: four thousand a month. Okay, so I know just from my research I've done, they say four thousand dollars a month put away for ten years makes you a millionaire. I mean assuming your compound interest so Correct. essentially if you're done when you're 28, you'll be a millionaire before you're 40 years old, just from doing what you're doing. If you were investing, yeah. obviously you, you yeah. probably want to dial it back a little bit and, you know, live a little bit more. Um, but that, that's just another, another example for people like putting that money aside, it's possible. I mean, Joe's an example, he's doing it, he's living it. Um, and yes. you, you can do it, man. Yes. And, and I know Joe, he's not, it's not, possible. It's not... Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. I was gonna no, say no, no, no. I I know Joe and he's not like you know living under a rock somewhere. Like he's still he's still involved in friends' lives. He's you know still out there. He's not like he said he's not eating beans and rice for every meal. So if you you can find that moderation in your life where you're still taking care of business and paying down debt or investing and still living a decent life. Um, but what Joe's done is he's looked at things and said okay. We could be like everyone else and go buy a new house and go buy a car, but we're going to put those things off so, you know, we can get through this and we can do everything and more later on. I mean, think about four grand a month. You guys could pay for a new car in cash in a year, you know, like a a nice car.
1: that's That's on the docket. Once yeah. we're out of debt, the next thing is a car, and I'm going to go buy my next car cash, and I'm going to go get the car I want,
0: Yeah, and, you, and
1: I'm not going to think about it.
0: And what do you drive, Joe? You don't drive because a beater.
1: I, I drive a 2009 Taurus as our second car. We did get a nicer car when mm-hmm. Amanda graduated from uh, law school, um, and that is a 2018 Mazda. So yeah. we, have, we got a nice car, and then we got a
0: kind of a beater, but yeah. Yeah. I refuse to get rid of it.
1: So it is what it is.
0: Yeah. So I mean you guys aren't like I said. I mean you're you're living okay lives. I, I so. mean
1: I have a I have a nice apartment. I have a dog. Yeah. I got all my things. I don't necessarily I'm not strapped necessarily in that sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: are there things that I'm missing out that I would love? Yeah. But those things can wait a year. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to go anywhere. I can I can wait a year and get the things I really
0: yeah. So More. yeah. Are, um. So how how much of your life? I don't know how close you are to me, but I I plan everything out. I got almost my entire life planned out on paper. Um. Mm-hmm. Well, where are you on that? Like, how futuristic thinking are you?
1: Um. On certain things. Um. At minimum, five years out. Five years. On a lot of things. Um. Certain things. It's <laughs> next week. I'll figure it out then. But. <laughs> on the big life decisions are on the more important critical things that you have to consider. I usually do at least a few years, if not five, Okay. because I do not want these things to sneak up on me. Right. And all of a sudden, Oh God, I have to take care of this. Um, our lease ends at our apartment complex in six months, five months. And I've already right.
0: drafted a proposal for a lease extension with, Uh, certain conditions Hmm. and I've given
1: that to the property management for somebody for something that's not going to happen for months. Wow. And they're already like, you don't have to do it that early, but it's just become a force of habit to be thinking consciously that far ahead. So you're not surprised by anything when it happens.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah. Being prepared for the future. Is 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 always a good thing. So how when you when you give something like that to a property manager, like what's what's their response to that? Are they impressed? Is it is there a negotiating room? Because um, like a lot of people, I think they're they're in their lease and they're like, well, they sent me a piece of paper. I'm gonna sign it, sign it, and send it back. Mhm. Um. Yeah. Go ahead. So
1: when we originally negotiated our lease here, we actually had told them we've been eyeing apartments based on what the market's saying we would like to pay this much for this apartment for these things. So ours uh, had like garages were an extra charge. Dog or pet rent was an extra charge. What we said and what we brought to the table was, we'll sign a two year lease right now, but we want it for this price with these amenities. And there was there a little bickering back and forth? Yes, but the property management agreed to it. And now we are almost two years into that lease. We haven't had a problem. I brought them a new thing, and they're more than willing to work with us again. Because, yeah. what's better than a, it doesn't cost per hour. There is some negotiation room for yourself.
0: Yeah, no, that's a gangster move actually, and and that's that's really good life advice for anything. Like, there's negotiating room. I remember in high school you had gotten a, was it an Audi?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, 2002 A6.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how much of it was you or, or your mom, but uh, I mean, I remember you paid a really good price for it, and it was a, it was a gangster car.
1: Yeah, it was uh, fresh trade-in, and it looked like crap, so if you clean it and say I'll take it as it stands so long mm-hmm. as it functions, um, you've saved the dealership a lot of money. They don't have to do work to try to sell it, so I will give you Four grand right now. Nice. How's it sound? Because because you can put a little sweat into it, making it look clean and taking care of it, and they're gonna say absolutely every day.
0: Yeah, and you kind of take a play out of their playbook, right? A little high pressure, like take it or leave it. Exactly. This is what I'm offering you. That's awesome. Well,
1: right. And if you don't want my money, I know another car lab will take it just fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So you don't do not be uh, don't be sold on something before you have it. Be ready to walk away from any deal at any moment. Dude, hmm. If if you're in the housing market, yeah, I love this house. I want this house. If they're charging $60,000 over asking and your offer gets beat by somebody else, be ready to walk away and don't be in a situation that you are so tied to it that you're going to overpay and burden yourself with something like that.
0: Yeah. And you know, those guys, they can smell desperation and you're always going to oh, get God. the worst deal first, right? <laughs> What do, they, what do they say? First to talk loses.
1: Something like that. <laughs> or when you're negotiating, what? How much are you thinking? That's where it real. That's where your real negotiation starts. Yeah. And making sure when they say something, and if it's you know too high or too low, don't be surprised. Just be okay. Yeah. Just take it. Figure out if you understand going into a negotiation what your strengths are, what you want. And if it doesn't reach that, you're like, mm, you know what? That doesn't quite work for me. I'm going to have to take some time to think about it and walk away.
0: Yeah. And so those that? those car dealers will call you the next day. Oh, God. Hey.
1: That is <laughs> go, go around the 27th. They want to sell cars by the end of the month. That's oh, the yeah. Good point.
0: <laughs> and go in with comps. I mean, know what else is out 100%. there. And, you know, Kelly Blue Book your stuff. And, you know, go in with all the information yes. for sure. And here, here's a
1: uh, I, I know there's a trick that some people do um, they'll write a check that says this car is worth fourteen thousand hmm. dollars here's the check signed ready to go if you don't want it okay nice
0: <laughs> hey if you could step into my shoes today Joe um, and ask yourself something that I that I haven't uh, what would it be
1: I guess one of the things I would say is do not be discouraged when you're in your journey, depending on yeah. how long it is. my And I, I am an outlier. My journey is a long one. Most uh, debt free journeys are about 18 months. Mm. So when I started mine off at four years, I would be done if I was in a normal situation, but we have an, un- an abnormal situation for ourselves. So if you're six months into your thing, Eight months in, you're like, God, I'm tired of paying down on this, and I, I don't see the progress that I want. Realize that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's coming faster than you think. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing that I would have for you is on a problem, I guess, I'm noticing in the housing market. Because, mm-hmm. well, yes, I'm going to renegotiate my lease, and I'm going to be staying here a little longer. Um, how did you guys do it when you guys move into your new – because I know this wasn't your first house; this is your second. And how were you able to take that negotiation skills that you got the first time and improve your situation?
0: Yeah, moving forward? yeah. So, a um, little background: I don't know if my I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before, but um, I did used to be a realtor, so I, I've done a lot of house negotiating. And you know, the biggest thing is I when I bought our second house, the market wasn't what it is today. Um, so there was houses that were sometimes sitting four or five, six months, sometimes even longer. Um, and the house that we got into, I think it was on the market for seven months. And the reason it had amazing square footage for the price they were asking for. Um, but it was old. You know, it's a 70s house. Everything needed to be updated. Um, so I went in there, you know, knowing what I was willing to spend. And as a realtor, what's great is I didn't have to work through a realtor because I was doing it on my own. Um, So negotiations were a lot quicker. I didn't have someone behind me saying, well, you know, this is a good deal. Like I, I, you know, I knew all the information going into it. But I think you you figure out a price and you kind of figure out what you need to do to fix things up. And you, you, you know, you can tell people what their house is worth, especially when it's been on the market as long as this one was. So when we made our offer, they came back a few different times saying, well, it's just, you know, it's not enough. We have this going on, that going on. And, you know, from my perspective, it's like, it doesn't really matter to me what you guys have going on. You know, I'm telling you what your house is worth and what I'm going to pay for it. And they didn't have any other offers. I don't know if they'd ever had any offers. Um, And there was quite a bit of things we had to fix up. But I I held my ground. I didn't let it get emotional. And, you know, they did have some stuff going on in their life where I, I did feel bad for them. But at the end of the day, I had to make a decision that was best for my family my, my number one advice would be when looking for a house is, and, and it, it depends on everyone's appetite and what they're willing to do and fix up, but finding something that isn't turnkey, move-in ready, brand new, the nicest stuff. And if you're willing to put in some sweat equity, you can get a hell of a deal on a house and you know, put in a little bit of your own money and TLC and your value, your equity in your home is just going to skyrocket. I don't know if I've shared this story with you, Joe, but when I lived you, were, you, you went to my house out in the country, right? I think you went there a few times. Yep. Yeah,: oh, Yeah, so I, I got a hell of a deal on that, and you know it was again, it was because the market wasn't booming like it is today, but I moved in there, put about 15,000 dollars into it, and was there for about two years, and sold it for a $100,000 gain. The way I got out of debt was actually from the gain on my house sale. And that's how I paid off, you know, our vehicles and what was left on our student loans, and got a down payment on our next house. And you know, everyone's methods are different. I had actually discovered Dave around that time, and that's what kind of inspired me to look to sell my home. Um, and when I found out what I could get, I'm like, you know, I can jumpstart this whole sure. journey today. Yep. Be done. So, so that's what I did. So, Joe, you know, if when you guys do get to the point where you want to look for a house. I would just say don't don't be afraid to get something that needs some fixing up. Right. Stay away from any foundation issues, obviously, and flooding and yeah. stuff like that. Stuff you can't fix, obviously, what? you want to stay away from.
1: Right when uh, we when we were we initially were in the housing market, we were trying to buy a home, and we actually came to the point where <laughs> we're like, how can we balance student loans and a mortgage? Yeah, and we both came to the realization and found Dave. Within a couple days of each other. And we both went, you can't. (laughs) Not at the the way we want to tackle it. We couldn't do it. Right. And uh, there are some myths and misbeliefs about renting and homeowning. So you just got to be doing what you want. Be on your path. Take care of your problems and your issues and move forward. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise.
0: So you and you and your wife found Dave separately within a couple days. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Within a few days of each other, because we were, we were both, uh, we had a bit of house fever. We wanted to move out. We were living in a tiny little apartment downtown that we really enjoyed, but we're like, okay, we want space. We want a yard, we want a dog, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And the housing market wasn't as hot. It was, it was getting there, but not to the extremes that we're seeing today. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're like, okay, so how do we balance a mortgage with, like, a 5% first-time home buyers loan? You know, first-time home buyer, and then you only have to do 5%, and, well, then you can do this. Well, how do you pay for closing costs? Mm-hmm. And we're just sitting here, but we're, like, trying to pay off our student loans, and at the time, our student loan minimums were insane. Yeah, And we kind of started searching around, and we found a, a YouTube video on Dave, and he just – was very blunt with somebody that was in a similar situation and said, you can't, you're, you're trying to do too much too early. And I think it was a dinner of that week that I said, Hey, I found this guy on YouTube and I don't think it makes sense. And she's like, is his name Dave? And (laughs) we just kind of went from there and realized, you know what? It's not for us. And we're going to pay down our debts and move on. And then when we do go into the housing market, we're going to be able to do a, um, I know credit doesn't mean, credit doesn't mean a ton of me personally, just because of the mm-hmm. nature of what I, what I believe in. Um, it will help. <laughs> I'll be able to get the mortgage rate and the uh, interest that I want. Yeah. I don't think that will be an issue moving forward.
0: No, I there I agree as a, as just... a young person, you know, credit, credit's important. I mean, when you get to a point in your life when you don't need to worry about debt in any situation, including mortgage, then maybe it's not. But um, I'm, right. I'm under the similar thinking of you is like, if if you can have good debt or good good credit, um, why not, right? <laughs> uh, and uh,
1: well, it, it helps in this situation mm-hmm. for sure. And just because you have credit before doesn't mean you're like a bad person or anything. Mm-hmm. Just don't quit using them. Don't use Don't use credit frivolously. Mm-hmm. Um, and just be just be restrained. Don't be like, oh, I want this. New TV, I saw at Costco, and I threw it on the card. Yeah, well, that's how you run. That's how you rack up your bills. That's Mm -hmm. how you get in those situations in the first
0: place. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I don't do credit cards at all anymore. Um, Okay, it's like I mean, yeah, you get to a point where um, when you don't need them anymore, and you got an emergency fund, it's like get rid of those things, man. They're too tempting. But (laughs) like anything, um, certain points in your life sometimes they're necessary. Um, Just kind of depends on your appetite, but um, yeah, I, I think. P- credit card interest is stupid i mean it's just insane well what you what god. people pay on that you know, so.
1: <laughs> don't do not for the love of god ever <laughs> get into it yeah you'll hate yourself if you th- if you and the listeners listening in think five percent or seven percent on student loans is bad <laughs> most intro credit cards are what 18 22 somewhere yeah. in
0: there don't ever pay it off that's crazy that's crazy mm-hmm. yeah and it's just you get you know people just will get more and more debt and they'd make minimum payments and all these things and all of a sudden they just have mountains of it and you might not get out of it till you retire or ever maybe never right. um,
1: well and then you then you start having the liens on your stuff you might have to sell the house your cars it, yeah. it just it creates more problems than it potentially could ever solve
0: yeah and then you might end up with nothing in the end anyways you know but yeah, sure. you, you can't bankrupt yourself out of student loans, though.
1: Uh, there, are, there's like three situations that you can. Is it, um, death is one of them, maybe. Um, your situation does not apply. Um, <laughs> it's like permanent. I think it's like permanently disabled, and death of yourself. So if your parents have student loans against you, they don't technically then have to pay. Hmm. It there's like one or two scenarios. It's very, very uncommon.
0: Okay. Yeah, so don't ever count on it.
1: <laughs> no, God no so and like I was saying before with uh the federal government talking about student loan forgiveness, um I have a, I I highly doubt they'll do anything to the point that even if it even if they did, I will have paid down ninety, eighty five percent of my loans. Hmm. So it it's not gonna affect me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like with the guy—you just can't ever count on it. I mean, no. And if it does happen, I guess it does. It it sucks for people that that paid it off, but at the same time, like, I'll take the peace of mind, man, for sure. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Where where can our listeners connect with you online? Um, you like I'm Twitter not really on social
1: media that much, but um, mm-hmm. you can always reach out to me over Facebook. Um, I have my LinkedIn profile, and I can give you that stuff if you want to throw in, in the. Uh, Description details or something like that. Sure. But if you have a money question or something that's related, feel free to reach out.
0: Yeah, there we go. So um, that's Joey Schmunk. I, I I really hope the audio worked out okay. Um, if not, I, I guess whatever. But <laughs> I'm just gonna feel good about uh, actually, it. And... <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: I think we did okay. Yeah. Um, no, it's a little weird doing an interview like that, to be honest. Yeah. It's yeah. like. I don't know there's there's so much shit that you could talk about and go down like a rabbit hole so it's like you try to keep it on topic though
0: I know and that's th- that's what I've kind of found like even even when I do my own podcast I might have a little bit of an outline that I kind of start with but you know as I'm going or by the time I'm to the end it's like oh, oh I... Sorry. I, thought I heard you were done.
1: Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Amanda says congrats on Nolan
0: oh yeah thanks Amanda
1: <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let her know
0: yeah no no we're all good so um like I said, I can edit whatever. So, um. yeah. But yeah, thanks for your time, man. We'll. Um, if we do this again, maybe we can do it in person and uh, bring Amanda along or whatever. So. Um.
1: No, the goal is once we're done, I'm, uh, we're going to drive down to Tennessee and go to Dave Ramsey's headquarters.
0: Really? Yeah, Are you going to do a debt-free scream?
1: Um, I, I I don't necessarily want to. Yeah. I, I almost want. It, it's all. It's weird for me. I want to go down there and just. Like when he's in a break, just like shake his hand and say thank you. Oh, yeah. Like it's, it's – I don't know. I, I haven't decided if I want to or not because um, there's some things I'm like, did I follow your plan perfectly? No,
0: mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah. And, you get on there. Like, he just I, grills I, I, you.
1: <laughs> right. And like, like the big thing that we've done between me and Amanda is mm. we pay down our debts, we do our thing, and when we get our tax return – that's what we used to go on a trip a year. Mm. We used that to go to Cal, wait, like, uh, what was it? Two years ago, we went to New York. But we did it on the tax return, so it didn't take away from our monthly budgets.
0: Yeah, no, that's really smart.
1: But Dave would say pay down the debt with that. <laughs> so, and, and the sad part is, it's, that's not even a month for us. Yeah. So, in the, in the scope of four years, what's three months? nothing at this point
0: yeah no and I think you gotta be able to have a little fun cause otherwise you'll burn yourself out and you know completely hate your life so um I think I think what you guys yeah. what you guys do uh, is all good so
1: yeah no it was I was gonna say like month 16 I was pretty burnt out
0: yeah cause
1: well, we were just being that aggressive so and
0: Dude, I think the hardcore cool. like Dave Dave Ramsey stuff um I think anyone can learn from him and do really well but Sometimes to the T is more for those people that are actually like sick, like can't help but get debt all the time and buy consumer oh, items. Yes. Like your debt was pretty much all school, wasn't it? And maybe a little bit of cars, all of it, all, all, of, of, it.
1: all of it is school.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's so, uh, pretty awesome. And
1: when I look at it, like with the holding on interest on student loans, mm-hmm. if you have the willpower to put the money away every month, but not pay on the loans in case the government forgives, they're probably not going to. Yeah. But if you have the willpower, hold off, and then when the interest kicks back on, you better cut them a check for how much you've put away. Yeah. And be mentally okay doing that. If you're not, keep paying. You
0: know that's a very good point. And I so, my my problem with the student loan forgiveness is it's throwing money at a problem without actually fixing it. You know, there's no but
1: my. <laughs> My brother actually watched... Uh, it was called, like, How Money Works on Netflix, and they mm-hmm. had a student loan e- episode, and I watched it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they addressed the problem. They, they critique things that I'm like, yeah, that's part of the problem. But as long as the feds continually write, mm-hmm. un- essentially, unlimited student loans, mm-hmm. it's never going to be fixed. Yeah, You have to stop to then fix the problem. Exactly. So I, that's why I'm like... when. I don't believe anything's going to happen. I truly don't believe anything will happen. No. Because it's it's too, A, it's too political. And B, they're not going to be able to determine the right number. Because, oh, let's forgive all student loans. Well, that actually helps the rich more than the poor. Well, mm. then let's give it to this. Well, that doesn't help enough. And, you know, you, you go each way with it.
0: Yeah, there's no good way to do it, man. Get government yeah. out of everything. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> our, our yeah. government no awesome. government no. ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm just giving you shit. It's yeah. just, it, it's true. I mean, I, I don't disagree. It's it's tough. It's just knowing that we'll have to, we have to deal with it for the time being. Yeah. Is, it is what it is. Right. But no, hey, I'll let you get back to Nolan and Sarah. Make sure she's okay. All right, tell her right. say hi.
0: You bet. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, you have a good night, and um, super proud you of too. you. So. Let me know if you
1: need anything.
0: i Absolutely. Have a good night, buddy. All right. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you enjoyed listening, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. To submit questions to the show, visit us at moneybuddypodcast.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.